0: Com.
1: The Israel Report for the latest news
2: and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Shavua Boketov, how are you? And Shana Tova, how
1: are you? Boketov, Tov, Shana Tova, tov, tov, I don't know what to say. We're already in the middle <laughs> of our week and I'm we feel like we're just starting. starting. It's all very uh, confusing. I hope that everybody had a meaningful Yom Kippur and a meaningful fast as well. And we are now into uh, the the new year um, proper, although we do have some holidays still. Um, I wanted to start with a story that's completely unrelated to Yom Kippur, because we have a lot of uh, to talk about regarding events of yesterday around Israel. But I wanted to talk about this fascinating story, which has come out of the Wolfson Hospital in Holon, and it talks about a young 18 year old girl who has been um, has received a pacemaker. For the very first time, this type of pacemaker, and in this particular manner, this young 18-year-old um, was born with uh, or has suffered from uh, some major heart problems over the time of her life, and she has already um, received regular way pacemakers. These are um, pacemakers that are generally placed under the skin quite near to the collarbone, and then electrical leads are kind of um, led to the heart, um, through catheterization, um, and this particular patient um, has suffered from this particular method because um, her body has really rejected that pacemaker and she has um, had a number uh, of attempts she 's got scar tissue at the site of the inflammation at the impl- implantation site on her chest and she 's also suffered from Rejections, her body keeps rejecting, rejecting the pacemaker. And so there is a new pacemaker which is available, which is actually injected into the heart um, and doesn't need any electrical leads. And that's a type of pacemaker that Prime Minister Netanyahu received. That one was introduced through his groin, which is the regular way of uh, introducing this type of a pacemaker. The problem with this um, young lady is that she has um, a major issue that she doesn't have any major vein connecting the lower part of her body to her heart. This is part of her and one of the issues that she suffers with. And so the doctors at Wolfson Hospital have introduced this pacemaker through her neck Mm. Through a vein oh, in her word. neck, right and uh, it 's been done uh, quite successfully so far. Um, she is already home. This happened earlier this month and um, The real kicker and uh, which something which some, might surprise the listeners is that the young lady 's name is Shahad, and she lives in Gaza, and she has been treated at the Wolfson Hospital for her heart disease um her heart conditions. And she now seems to be doing quite well she 's back at her studies after having had not only this new type of pacemaker introduced but indeed done through the neck, which is a very, very unique thing, um, something that hasn 't been done before um, and so it 's great that the doctors at Wolfson Hospital have managed to do that, and they 've been doing that in conjunction with Um, a a charity organization called Save a Child's Heart. They're the ones who've been working with the Doctors' Wolfson Hospital, and this is a charity that's been working for the last almost 30 years and has managed to bring something like 7,000 patients to Israel for them to have heart uh, surgery, to be treated for heart surgery, and also been bringing medical professionals to israel to allow them from all over the world from 70 countries around the world all in all um, and on this occasion obviously a uh, young shahad from uh, gaza was the recipient of this pacemaker so a great story for us to start the new year and to start um after yom kippur um because unfortunately the stories the other stories that we have to talk about are not so fantastic.
2: Yeah, well, this uh, this first story I've already had a little bit of a rant about uh, because I actually found it one of the most disturbing stories in 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 many ways and 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 uh, to some extent captures what you and I have been speaking about. And this is that story about the fight that broke out over a prayer service in Tel Aviv with regard to the separation between men and women. And I, I just just full disclosure is I think Tel Aviv municipality are totally wrong. I think that the, whoever disrupted it are um, totally out of line. And uh, I think that this goes very much down to uh, a lack of respect the fact that Israel is fighting to understand its own identity. And I, I think it's, 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 it's horrific. I actually am so saddened by this story more than any other stories. When, when our enemies attack us, it's sad. It's infuriating, but somehow it doesn't feel as devastating to me as this story feels. Over to
1: you. Um, so there, there's so many different aspects of the story, and I fully understand you, right, Howard, and I do support um, your point of view. I, I'm taking a slightly different point of view, although um, I think we do agree with each other. Okay. Uh, what happened on the day is that um, this particular prayer service in Tel Aviv has been one that's been uh, held for a number of years. It's not new in the area of Dizengoff Square, um, and uh, the method, the modus operandi that has been used in previous years, is that it has been one of those prayer services which is separated for men and women. There is a mechitza, there is a separator that has been put up. This is all held, by the way, in the street. This is not um, in some sort of a private location. This is a public place in the street. People can come along. It's part of what is... Um, done quite uh, broadly around Israel and Yom Kippur for those people who don't have an affiliation with the shul, with the synagogue of any sort, and still wish to be part of a service. Um, There are organizations, including local municipalities, that establish prayer services which are quite well attended, and everybody is welcome to come along. As a general rule, the prayer services are run according to orthodox methodology, which means separation for men and women. And um, before even Yom Kippur started, there was opposition voiced against the prayer of service being separated from men and women. And in fact, this even went to the High Court of Justice before Yom Kippur to say this is not allowed. The protest movement um, uh, uh, challenged the court, uh, they petitioned the court to say, please, would you stop this prayer service from taking place in that way? with separation between men and women. The court decided not that they agreed with one party or another, but they just didn't want to intervene and therefore refused to acknowledge, to agree to the petition that was lodged by the protest movement. And interestingly, the municipality of Tel Aviv um, decided that they didn't really want to get involved, even though the mayor of Tel Aviv, Ron Khudai, came out saying that he didn't really want separated Uh, services to be held in Tel Aviv because he felt that that didn't reflect the liberal nature of Tel Aviv and the city that he wants to run, Um, and he didn't even want police to get involved when apparently there were battles and and they really needed some policing. He didn't even want the police to get involved. But the thing that saddens me the most is that there's really a very, very simple solution To this problem and the simple solution is one that I've seen employed in quite a number of different places, which means that you can either have separated men or women, or you could have an area which is combined. I've seen services run with three areas, one for men one for women and one for people who want to mix men and women. I don't know why that wasn't an option that was employed in this case, which means everybody is respected. If you want to be separate in your men's section, please do so. If you want to be separate in your women's section, please do so too. And if you wish to sit together, there is a third section for those who wish to sit together. It seems just the simplest of solutions that respects everybody, that allows everybody to do as they wish without infringing upon anybody else's rights. I don't understand why that wasn't employed. And more than that, and Howard, we've spoken about this before, but this, for me, is a classic case of everybody holding their own positions without thinking about anybody else. Everybody trying to impose their own point of view on a certain situation without saying, instead of me trying to impose my point of view on somebody else, let me reserve my own rights to do as I wish, and I will allow everybody else to reserve their own rights to do as they wish. Mm, And I don't mm. know why we can't find a way of just letting go of this thing, of trying to impose Our own point of view on other people, when really there seems little point in doing so.
2: Yeah, I I just find it incredibly, you know, it's so interesting. Yesterday, I was reading, um, I was doing some reading, and I read about Hillel, uh, the famous sage, who returns from Babylon uh, to go to go back to Israel, and this is the time uh, of of, of the Second Temple, and he goes back, and it says in the in the Gemara and the Talmud that uh, Hillel. ...came to teach uh, Israel the Torah that they had forgotten. And I feel, mm. like, uh, I feel like somebody needs to do that. And uh, it was interesting because I, I, th- I thought to myself, not that I'm comparing myself, God forbid, to Hillel. But I realized that, you know what, maybe diaspora Jews do have a responsibility now more than ever to speak up and say, guys... Please, you, 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 you are losing the plot. You are losing perspective. You don't realize what you are destroying. And maybe from outside, uh, it's easier to see. You know, there's that old saying that you can't read the label from inside the bottle. And and I really, really feel that that's where Israel is at at the moment. And uh, I've been quite nervous to write on this and to talk about it aside from from on the show, which is my show, and people can choose whatever they want to do with it. But, um, but the reality is that maybe our voices need to – maybe we need to provide some perspective because, uh, you know, maybe this is needed desperately.
1: I think I think what's missing from all of this, uh, and I'll repeat what I said earlier, what's missing from all of this is just an ability to see the bigger picture and to say, I don't mind that other people wish to do that because it doesn't harm me as long as they respect my right to do what I wish. And I think that there is place for that in Israel. I think everybody has the opportunity to do as they wish without necessarily forcing the other people who don't agree with their point of view to do what they want to do. I think everybody just has there is space for all of us to do what we feel is right and what we feel serves our own purposes. And unfortunately, we're taking that one step too far and trying to impose our point of view on everybody else, and that is never, ever going to work. That is a recipe for disaster. And I think that someone, somewhere... And maybe this is the president, maybe the jury might be involved, I don't know. But somebody somewhere needs to come along and say, just everybody do whatever you want and let the other people do what they want. And nobody has to clash over it. It doesn't necessarily have to impinge upon your rights. We can all live together doing as we wish. And I think that there is place for that. And I think that that's really the solution Is somewhere built around that mm.
2: Before we go to an, the next story um, Gimple says If men and women want to sit together during Yom Kippur Let, the citizen, let them go to America I'm disgusted by the Tel Aviv mayor. That's Gimpel. Gimple, I share your view Not necessarily to send them off to America I don't think that's necessarily helpful But uh, but uh, then have another service And uh, just respect people I can tell you that they would not be objecting Like this if it was another religion Religion that, uh, that Asked for this Anyway, uh, the Prime Minister arrived back From his trip to the US uh, Just a short time before Ben Gurion Airport closed For Yom Kippur So uh, how is the trip being viewed I know that he says it was tremendously Successful, was it?
1: Well, um, I don't know how many Of you watched the United Nations Presentation that took place uh, On Friday morning uh, In New York time, it was around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Israeli time, just before Shabbat. Uh, And, of course, the reference to the Prime Minister arriving back just before Yom Kippur um, was uh, uh, very important because um, for that one day in the year, Ben-Gurion Airport actually closes down. Ben-Gurion Airport officially closed down at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon just before Yom Kippur and reopened last night after the end of the fast. So that is one day in the year when even the airport closes down, never mind the streets and everything else, and becoming deserted as a result of people observing Yom Kippur in their own different ways. And again, you know, everybody has the right to do what they like, But there is a certain common respect people don't drive around and Yom Kippur is respected. And the prime minister was somewhat criticized for staying the weekend in New York and arriving back in Israel literally moments before the airport closed. The report says that he arrived back to deserted Ben Gurion airport, which seems to have already pretty much closed down before he arrived. And so, yeah, the United Nations speech, I don't know what you guys made of his speech at the United Nations. It seemed to me a very, very similar speech to the ones that he's presented in the past, which means the prime minister is a fantastic orator, and he presents a case extremely well, and he had his usual props with little pictures showing what the map Um, of the Middle East looks like now, as opposed to what the map of the Middle East might look like once all of these uh, agreements are in place, and particularly the normalization that's being discussed with Saudi Arabia. He was very eager to present that as part of his speech. Um, And he spoke about artificial intelligence, which kind of links in with the meeting that he had with Elon Musk, which has been criticized by some people and, and and praised by other people. So I think that um, it, the Israeli public are generally undecided about his trips to, to the United States. I think that the idea of normalization with Saudi Arabia is positively um, regarded, I think, his meeting with Uh, Erdogan, President Erdogan of Turkey, is also quite positively regarded. I don't think people really know what to make of his meeting with President Zelensky of Ukraine, but there were other meetings around the edges which I think are important. And, of course, we're still waiting to see whether that invitation to the White House does actually materialize, having heard that he will be invited to the White House, although we haven't seen the message. So it's interesting for me to to hear perhaps from um, the outside, what people thought of the prime minister and whether they feel that he presented Israel and represented Israel in um, a respectful and uh, appropriate way at the United Nations. I think he always does a relatively good job mm, of mm, presenting so. Israel's case um, at the United Nations. The question is, what is the significance of all of that? He made a big of uh, entrance with his entourage, and there were quite a lot of Israeli supporters in the Hall of the United Nations. I think overall the, United, the, the Prime Minister is working on his um, international relations. I think that he sees himself as something of an international diplomat, um, somebody who takes his place on the international stage. It's noticeable that he hasn't given one Hebrew interview to the local press since taking office almost wow, nine months ago, wow, he's wow. conducted quite a number of English interviews with various press. So he sees himself as, you know, conducting the international relations. What do you guys think?
2: Very, very uh, interesting indeed. And I'd love your thoughts. 34519 or 61 is 801. That was Anthony Reich with the Israel Report. We'll catch Anthony tomorrow morning at 745.
0: That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. dot com.